come. Walk down the winding path. Don't mind the spooks and monsters. They stay hidden within the trees. There are mysteries in this world that you need to know, and paranormal truths that need to be told. Come, step up into the caravan while we share tales of old, as well as new accounts about things you thought only existed in your nightmares. Good evening, friends of the caravan. Thank you for stopping by tonight. We greatly appreciate it. Before we get into tonight's episode, I would like to take a moment and thank all of you that gave us the positive response in which we have received for our Sunday night Facebook Live video promotion for our Patreon Vampire Box. It was so well received and greatly appreciated. Thank you so very much. If you would like to become our patron, you can go to patreon.com and just type in The Caravan of Lore. And of course, donation amounts are at your discretion, but we do greatly appreciate it. I do want to say that Jennifer, Ann, and myself do take a lot of notes, and it is our goal for each week that passes by to bring you a better and better and better show. This is what we strive for. We love to hear your stories. We love to share our stories, and we love to hear the stories of the world. So thank you again so very much. You can also contact us at thecaravanoflore at gmail.com. Tonight's episode, which is week number four of Loretober, is witches. And Jennifer, Ann, and myself really discussed just the symbolism of which the witch represents. So here we go. Which witch is which? Witches. Witches. You know, <laughs> Halloween and the icons of Halloween is ghosts, goblins, witches, and jack-o'-lanterns. But still, to this day, the witch is used as a Halloween icon. And I find that rather interesting, considering the fact that witches are not necessarily evil, but... There's a lot of legend and lore as to why they got framed that way. How are you, Jen? I'm doing good. And I'm... Are you a good witch or a bad witch? <laughs> no comment. <laughs> very, very well said. Good for you. <laughs> no. Now, I like to keep things a mystery, thank you. That's you know, uh, watched... You know, um, the Wizard of Oz and Glenda, the Good Witch, mm-hmm. she had such a typical fairy wand with the star on the end of it. It's kind of now by today's standards a little disappointing to see that little magic wand with a little sparkly star on the end of it. I would have rather seen an old rickety stick. <laughs> but right. witches... Um, you know, there were some interesting points that probably a lot of our listeners might not know about the witches just because you never really sat to think about, well, what brought this about? One of them is the witch's hat. And uh, I don't know if you have any thought on the typical witch hat. You go into any costume store and you say, do you have a witch hat? Well, they will point you in the direction of a brimmed hat with a very tall, pointed top, right? And they're black. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're, there's a witch's hat. Mm-hmm. But then how I thought, well, how did all that come about? Mm-hmm. And there is just kind of a possible solution to that through research. Believe it or not, there were those that did do research that um, it was quite possibly an artist's exaggeration and rendition of the tall conical dunce cap that was used in the royal court 
back in the 15th century. And, you know, with the dunce cap, which we all remember from, you know, your typical 1940s um, schoolboys and girls that had to sit in the corner with the dunce cap, um, it was shamed. And it was just kind of put into that speculation of the witch and made it, you know, this black pointed conical hat to give the reference to whatever this is, it's not good. I found that kind Mm -hmm. of interesting um, because a lot of depictions in medieval times of witches generally had some sort of headwear, whether it had been scarves or, you know, their hair was tied up, you know, in different ways, but never really a representation of that typical wicked witch hat that we all Mm -hmm. make reference to in the Halloween spirit. So I found that rather interesting. The dunce cap. Mm -hmm. Go figure. And, of course, the black wear. I mean, black is pretty much, you know, symbolic of the dark magic. But, um, you know, I don't believe that all witches are, you know, dark magic. I believe that there's more good witches than there are bad witches. But I don't know how many different kinds of witches there are. I know that they are legend and lore from all over the world in different fashion. Mm-hmm. It's just here um, in in the United States, and it has spread worldwide um, of the Wicked Witch being a green or, you know, haggard old Warty. woman with the uh-huh. warded nose and very ugly and mm-hmm. green, was really pushed to the forefront through The Wizard of Oz. And, you know, right. back in the 30s when that movie came out, that just iconicized the Wicked Witch, period. Could fly on the broom and had that typical warty, old, haggard, Wicked Witch with that evil laugh. And right. it was really designed to scare children into behavior. Mm-hmm. And you must behave or you will deal with the Wicked Witch. I will get you, my pretty. <laughs> and your little dog, too. Uh-huh. So, you know, and of course, you know, Wizard of Oz went worldwide once that theatrical release hit, you know, theaters. And being that it was one of the very first uh, big motion pictures that had color. Um, it just made it so magical. And you know what? In all honesty, it's still a very magical movie to see today. So mm-hmm. it holds its own. But this isn't really so much about The Wizard of Oz as it is The Wicked Witch and where she actually came from. Um, wow. The broom. Yeah, the broom. Uh, I don't know how many of our listeners would really put two and two together. I thought about the fact, you know, what is it that came about that a witch flies around on a broom? It is the least most aerodynamic object I know of, and let alone the fact Hmm. that you're going to sit on this thing and fly around. And, of course, you know, it was popularized in Harry Potter, but I think, you know, with the Harry Potter series, they had taken the concept of the witch broom and just adapted it into wizards and witches being able to fly on the broom. But where did that actually originate? And I, I will tell our listeners right now, if you have children listening to this episode, you might want to plug their ears or put headphones on and listen yourself. Um, because I was rather taken back by how that entire lore of the flying broom actually came about. And it started with, uh, this goes back into a medieval period with uh, witch's brew. And we've all heard the term witch's brew, and you can make witch's brew for parties and so on. But the original witch's brew were for those that couldn't get their hands on mead, which is you know, a wine that was very popular back in medieval period. Um, and people were, and they're especially women, but 
people were creating their own concoction. And it was referred to as the witch's brew. Um, I, I kind of had a little bit of trouble naming off all of the herbs that were used in the witch's brew. I know one of them is referred to as nightshade, which is Atropia belladonna, which I've never heard of before. I, I don't know if you've heard of it or not, but but that was one main ingredient in the witch's brew. But what it ended up becoming was a hallucinogenic. It was oh, a really? toxic a toxic hallucinogenic. And mm. now in the medieval period, this gets a little complicated, but when you back off and you take a look at the whole story, it's not really complicated at all. But back in the medieval period, and this is where it kind of gets a little bit of a, an adult theme to it, the broom was used as a symbol in marriage, um, being that the handle represented the male and the bristles represented the female. And, of course, it's done in a sexual content, but that's why the broom was used as the symbol of marriage. Well, being that this witch's brew, as the toxic hallucinogen that it was, was most effective if it was applied in the areas that had large amounts of sweat glands. So it was either in the armpit or in the genitalia area. The most effective tool to apply this hallucinogenic was on the handle of a broom. And it just turned out that that's how the term came about to see the witch fly because they were on this hallucinogen. And it just kind of morphed into, yeah, it's kind of actually kind of freaky when you think about it. But, um, yeah, that's how that really kind of started with the whole broom thing itself. It sounded like you were familiar with the broom being used as the symbol of man and wife. Um, I had read in the past that during some um, ceremonies, they would jump over a broom when they were mm-hmm. getting married. Mm-hmm. And so that's the part that I've heard. Okay. Um, and then to back it up a little bit more, you were talking about different types of witches. Mm-hmm. And um, I have a list here. I'll just kind of read off of a little bit. There okay. are um, kitchen witches, which oh yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. I had uh, a kitchen witch, as a matter of fact. But yes, go on. <laughs> they are women who might use, um, you know, it says they are usually healers, um, and they will work with plants and stones and flowers and and trees and all this stuff and um, practice you know, like when you make something in the kitchen, you can have your stones in there with you and you're setting the intention and all that kind of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. And then here it says, uh, Green Witch is the practice of nature-based and earth-oriented witchcraft, drawing on the folklore, folk religion, and folk magic of ancient cultures as they connected to the forest, such as the tree worship of Mm -hmm. druids, the kitchen craft of Italian witches or the keeping of sacred groves as presented in Gaelic paganism. Green witches wow. usually practice the traditional form of witchcraft in which the earth, trees, herbs, plants, and flowers are consulted for their medicinal and magical value. But see, that's um, a very positive witch to me. Right. And and I'll, I'll end up getting to that a little bit. Um, another kind it says a hedge witch hedgecraft mm-hmm. is a path that is somewhat shamanic in nature as they are practitioners of an earth-based spirituality these are the ones who engage in spirit flight and journey into the other world they can in this capacity be very powerful midwives and healers hmm. um and then it says here there's a solitary witches which can be practitioners of nearly any magical system 
A solitary works alone and does not join a group or a coven. And um, the the term witch, from what I understand, just basically means a wise woman. So witch right. has very you know negative. Um, it's a very negative image. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. And right. when really it's just somebody that, you know, works with intentions and, and the earth and, you know, the things that I mentioned on the list. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and what? it's amazing that, well, it's really quick. Um, they had used which, <laughs> well, let me back up. So as as a form to, you know, like control women, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of women were burned at the stake. I mean, there are things that I do in my life that if you put me back in time, they would burn me yeah. too. <laughs> no, of course. And that was definitely a period of time none of us would have wanted to live in, oh, let alone, yeah. you know, the famine and disease and you know, the lack of common sense through science, yeah, it's very scary just because of the fact that, you know, a woman goes through its natural cycle, uh, you would have been burned at the stake. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's unfair. And it, it was <laughs> terrifying now when you look back on it. But... Right. Yes, you know, when you brought up, you know, the negative connotation of the word witch, usually the knee, the knee-jerk reaction is something that's evil, a woman that's evil. Um, right. That's so untrue, but it's funny how it got stereotyped that way. It's the same thing with what you were just explaining in the different types of witches. I believe it was the green witch, um, paganism. Paganism is the farthest thing from the evil intent in which it was stereotyped as, oh, or devil worshippers. No, or not. Yeah. Paganistic is very religious in the belief of the trees and the earth, water and the fire and the green and the earth itself. And and that is what you are taking your thanks in. And you're basing your spiritual life around that. It had nothing to do with the underworld and the dark. It's just people misunderstand, and when people misunderstand, they immediately will throw a negative connotation into it, and it's kind of unfortunate for those that do practice that are immediately referred to as something dark. And, you know, it's those that are uneducated, um, they fear the unknown, and if they don't know about a certain subject, they just immediately kind of put it off in, you know, it must be involved in the dark arts. No, not right. not really. You can be fascinated with the subject. Could you imagine us talking about this subject back in the medieval period? We would have oh, all yeah. been burned at this state just for <laughs> yeah. talking about it. So, okay. yeah, it's very scary. You know, I find it, I, I don't know, because, again, when you were talking about the different kind of witches, uh, you said the green witch, and the only other term that I know that green witch is involved with is universal time. And every country in the world, uh, or around the globe, to be more specific so that people have a bit more understanding, uh, we all go by the same time, and it's for world communication. So, and it's called green witch meantime so the clock is the same in japan as it is here and the time that it is here is the same as it is in london on the greenwich meantime so that everybody is coordinated together on the same time frame so everybody has a complete understanding when we say four o'clock greenwich meantime Everybody will be together at 4 o'clock Greenwich meantime. And I, I wonder if there was a correlation between the Greenwich and how that time frame was set up. Because it's actually a very positive um, entity to tie the world together, to be on the same page with one another. And from what you were describing, you know, it seemed like a very positive 
um, uh, aspect of the Green Witch. So I wonder if there's a correlation in that. I might have to look into that and we'll put it in the comment section or in the show notes. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can take a look below and we'll see if it's in the show notes if I did find something about the Green Witch. <laughs> it would be interesting. Right. Yeah. Did you have any others? Uh, type of a kitchen witch. When you say kitchen witch, I just kind of <laughs> li- I completely forgot about my kitchen witch. Um, you know, we I had a kitchen witch. Mean... I, see, well, I don't know had... what you mean by a kitchen witch because okay, I, we had a kitchen I'm witch. About the right. But when you said that, the only time I've ever heard the term kitchen witch was an actual little three-dimensional figurine doll. Mm -hmm. I say doll, it really wasn't, but it was a little witch. You know, your typical (laughs) warty-nosed little witch that sat on a broom and you hung her in your kitchen and she brought, you know, good wealth and good food and good spirits into your kitchen. Yeah, and you'd hang it in your kitchen. And it's very popular in the Italian culture. And a lot of them, you know, oh, yeah. And I thought it was really kind of cool. So as soon as you said kitchen witch, I remember the kitchen witch I used to have in my kitchen. I'm like, yeah, hey, I forgot all about her. (laughs) But, yeah, it was really cool. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen those little crafty witches that they made with women's nylons to make the face. Uh No. Okay. Well, I'm sure you could find them online. I'm sure they're still probably very popular, you know. And Etsy, I'm sure, probably sells kitchen witches still today. But, yeah, it's just, you know, it's it's a good luck symbol to hang in your kitchen. And it brings good food and good wealth and good spirits into your kitchen. And you won't, you won't burn the toast. Sounds like something I might need. <laughs> so, see, again, there's the witch in a very positive light, a very, very mm-hmm. positive and upbeat light, even though she was kind of an ugly woman. But, hey. God bless the ugly women because of the fact that, you know, they're nicer. So there you go. Oh, jeez. Oh. <laughs> well, they are. I mean, they I, need I, love, I, too. I mean, no comment. No comment. <laughs> they need love, too. Anyways. <laughs> big, big um, warty nose. Yeah, come on. They need love, too, there, and they're nice. There was, there was a TV show that my, that my kids and I were watching. It was called... Um, the worst witch and it was about how this one this one girl she was like born with human parents but for some reason she was a witch and she ended up going to this academy and everything and and this one girl she concocted a potion (laughs) that caused her to grow warts on her nose because i guess in the show to have a wart meant that you were extremely powerful and her older sister mm. who was like the valedictorian was just in disbelief you know and was, I can't believe she got a wart and I didn't <laughs> wow right yeah mm. I, yeah it was a it was a good um good show so if there's anybody with kids definitely check out the worst witch well and and then again it's kind of done in a positive um, oh yeah, the as, whole, the aspect whole again that you know. Okay, so Fine. you know, the woman's got a wart. She's got special powers. <laughs> I I, I kind of like that, and it's not necessarily I mean, used for bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like what you sent me earlier about you know, yeah, <laughs> the the witch's boob, uh huh. Yeah. I don't remember <laughs> that at well, all. Well, yeah. Well, the different uh, markings that people might have on their body oh, could represent right. the fact that they are a witch. Ooh. Yes, that was one of the things that the women back in those days when they'd burn them, they would mm-hmm. be subject yes. to these, um, what, what, what would it be called, a... Um, not a screening of their whole body. Scrutiny. But, but yes. yeah, where, I mean, totally nude and have to get their entire mm-hmm. body checked because they're looking for certain kinds of birthmark scars, 
Um, or like, well, like a skin tag. Wouldn't that be what it would be called? Probably, sure. Okay, oh, so... Oh, you know, just maybe. because you had this little oddity on your body that was completely mm-hmm. harmless, you were burned at the stake. Uh, right, and well, and some of them were witches' marks, I'll call it. The other one was a devil's mark. Right. But I lumped them all in the same thing, so... Yeah, but still. Either one would get you killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if you have a birthmark, sorry, guys. I've got one, too. I've got a big You're one. You're a witch. Well, we know ankle. you're a witch. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> well, we know yeah. that. It's just funny because the older you get, the more witch marks you get in your life. I'm like, oh, must be getting tattooed with my own natural witch marks. <laughs> Right. Now, is it true that a male witch is a warlock, or is or is warlock something uh, completely different? No, I believe it's the same. At least on all the shows that I've seen and everything I've heard, it's always been that's just a male witch. Mm-hmm. But then you've got a wizard. I, I kind of thought so, too. Yeah, I kind of thought the warlock was just the male version of, you know, mm-hmm. a, what a witch is in the female version. It's just, it seems as though the witch is more dominant than the warlock is. But but again, the warlock is taken in an evil context. And, you know, you say, ooh, warlock. You immediately Mm -hmm. go dark and evil with it. Well, what if he's just like a good wizard dude that just kind of wants to, you know, sprinkle some cool sparkly glamour on you? Oh, we're getting mm-hmm. back into the vampires, which I refuse to get back into the vampires again. Because <laughs> we'll go down too many rabbit holes all over again. Uh-huh. And thank you, Shannon LeGrow, for the shout-out on mm. Into the Fray Radio. Make sure you listen to you Into know. the Fray Radio every Thursday at 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. I am yes, going to I go know. to her, her website, Into mm-hmm. the... Radio.com because mm-hmm. there's an episode that it was it, for some reason this episode is the most memorable one for me and it happened oh, to really? be about a witch mm-hmm. it happened to oh. be about a witch and I really think that our listeners need to go ah, and even if they right, already right, right. Sit, they need to go listen again right um, okay, yes cool. I, I remember that right I do remember that Hmm. Let me see. I'm glad you brought that up because cause then we can expand on our witch topic a little bit <laughs> with the use of another podcast, um. which. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that they need to. Yeah, give it a listen because it was interesting. I do remember. And of course, you know, Shane and the girls. In the first 10. Um... I. I thought it would have been a little bit further down the road than the first 10, but you'll probably find it a lot faster than myself. Well, I'm already on 19. Mm, Yeah, keep going. (laughs) Keep Um, going. Wait. This is live research. It is. ITF 22, Ouija, and the unintended guest. I think that's uh, it. I think, I think that's, that's it, it too. That's, so that's ITF episode twenty-two, and I'll I'll have to remind me, and I'll put that in the. Oh, we'll the put that notes. in the show notes. Yeah. Um, I believe the Ouija board was the icon picture used for that episode. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Oh, but wait. Okay. But, but wait, there's there, more. There, there is ITF twenty-four listener stories. From Sasquatch to Witches and Curses. So that actually might uh-huh. have been it. So well, either way. I'll put them, I'll Listen put them to both, both of those. In. Yeah. <laughs> but try the one that says Witches first. Uh-huh. Um, because that story was, you know, there was a guy and he actually had an experience with somebody that, um, you know, used a curse type of a thing. And, right. uh, yeah, so they just, I don't want to spoil it. Uh, but yeah, definitely go check that out. And just a, a slight thought on curses. Um, 
it's amazing that just what the mind can do, whether somebody actually put one on you or not, mm-hmm. just the fact that you hear them say it, you can mm-hmm. psych yourself out so bad to where all of a sudden oh, you, sure. like you created it yourself. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I totally believe that. You know, I, I kind of fell into that, into that the vortex myself as a younger, uh, I won't, any moment from here back, I was younger. But as a child, you know, I would find a four-leaf clover, and it's like taking a placebo. You manifested right. every bit of good luck that you had that day, regardless of the fact that you stubbed your toe. You kind of totally blew <laughs> that off because you were having good luck for the entire day. And this is things are yeah. wonderful. And you find a penny. Oh, I'm going to have good luck all day long. This is fantastic. And, you know, it's how you <laughs> it's how you look at it. But if somebody were to put a curse on you, um, oh, sure, yeah. anything negative gets amplified. And mm-hmm. you say, oh, well, it must be the curse. It ha- Why, sure. And it, and look at the <laughs> the effects of it. It is kind oh, of yeah. creepy. You know, I was having a conversation with um, a co-worker this evening, as a matter of fact, Bill. And, mm-hmm. you know, I told him our episode for this week is witches. He's like, oh, that's really interesting, uh, especially the fact that Witches really are not evil. And I found that rather profound that he said that because, you know, he's not really big into the witch and ghost and goblins thing, but the fact that he knew enough to to say through history, no, the witch was not actually an evil entity. It was, you know, trying to conjure up the spirit that's positive in the world around us. And for all things that we don't know, it would conjure up those things, you know, to answer all those questions that we don't know. And then it kind of transforms itself off into, you know, the gypsy and the crystal ball and how many of Mm. them were considered witches. Well, they were Uh just, you know, fortune tellers Mm -hmm. to earn money out of their caravan. And there's a nice little tie-in, right? You, you, you like how yeah, I did yeah. that? You got um, some brandy points there, man. But they, would, but they would have been considered witches just because of the fact that they were using, you know, this so-called power that they had to look in their crystal ball and be able to see their future and tell fortunes. And, yeah. and so, yeah, the well, definition of witch definitely has kind of morphed into something in an unpleasant mm-hmm. way, in a negative connotation. And I know I've used the word connotation too much this evening, but you know, that's, <laughs> Tonight's that's episode okay. is brought to you by connotation. Connotation. Number four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fantastic. Thank you, everybody, yeah. for listening to this episode <laughs> of Sesame Street. Don't forget to eat your bananas. <laughs> Which starts with the letter B. Oh, my God. Do you see how Sesame Street has affected us as adults? We still can remember all our basic lessons of life through Sesame Street. Maybe Sesame Street is a witch. Did you ever think of that? They they dressed yeah. they dressed up as witches on Halloween episodes. Yeah, there that's was true. They cat. did. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The Count. It was one of my favorites. You know, I have one favorite. I have to get this out there. <laughs> Not many people know who I'm talking about. So, any points to you guys if you uh, hear if you know what I'm talking about here. Um, there was a little segment where it was tiny little super guy, <laughs> and it was this little guy on a glass cup and he'd come dancing out of the cupboard and he had a, this this whole adventure in the kitchen. Does that sound familiar to you? Is this from Sesame Street? Yes. No, it does I not sound familiar at guy. all. No. <laughs> really? Oh, wow. If you haven't, YouTube it. Tiny little super guy, Sesame Street. Best stuff ever. <laughs> My favorite. Wow. 
I'm I'm just picturing Indians in the cupboard. No. You know, I don't know if you know that story. You know, the Indians I saw the, the Indian in the cupboard. Oh, okay, well well that's all it takes. But no, I don't remember that character or that wow, what were the writers doing behind the scenes when they came <laughs> up with that one? Hmm. Well, I, I would say that more about all the guys that said meat. With yeah, the big okay. mouths. Yeah. <laughs> you remember those guys? Those were cool. <laughs> I love yeah, those too. You know, the two old men in the theater. That was my one of my favorites. Yeah, my that's my dad's favorite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I had a Grover as a little kid. I had a Grover. I, I don't know if you remember Grover. He was kind of a cross I between did. Oscar the Grouch and Cookie Monster. Mm-hmm. I kind of thought maybe yeah. the two of them got together and gave birth to Grover, but uh. <laughs> no, I had um, I had a book with Grover in it. But my absolute favorite thing of Sesame Street ever was, um, and you can Google it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's it's um, if I could live on the moon, it's a song, and it's with Bert and Ernie. Or just Ernie and somebody singing hey, it, <laughs> right? And it's it's it says um like if I could live on the moon or you know it was like saying that I would I would touch all the stars but then I'd want to come home type of a thing. It was just a really sweet loving uh, song and uh, really yeah, definitely yeah you'll have to. Uh, We'll put that in the show notes. How about no, that? <laughs> I, 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 no, I, I don't know, man. Listeners to that. <laughs> it's bad enough they had to hear us talk about it. I, yeah, I don't, I'm sure. <laughs> Jen, I, I'm starting to wonder about what you remember as a child. <laughs> you know, seriously. Hey, man. What do I always say? I'm only Boy. 30. Look at that moon. Isn't this pretty? <laughs> you ever think you might like to visit the moon? Well, I did. <laughs> well, I'd like to visit the moon on a rocket ship high in the See, air. just for you, John. Yes, I'd like to visit the moon. This episode was brought to you by an entire episode of Sesame Street. Thank you, Ernie. We'll put we'll put a link to that song in the show notes too, right, John? Oh my gosh. We go we go from like this. Heavy conversation of witches <laughs> right into Sesame Street. I mean, oh, talk about man. put your seatbelt on, people, because <laughs> right. we're going for a serious ride right here. Well, well you know, thank you, Ernie. We, I appreciate it. We've that. spent the whole uh, month of October doing Loretober, and you know, yes. we've, we've spent the time scaring all of our listeners. We're trying to, you know. Bring it back around it up a little bit. Yes. <laughs> right. See, this is this is the sweet treat in your little trick or treat bag. <laughs> was a little bit of Sesame Street for you. That's right. That's what it is. So now you can sit on the living room floor and and then open up your little treat of Sesame Street and enjoy. Mm-hmm. It's like getting a full size candy bar instead of a. Fun it bag. is exactly. <laughs> you know, I I dispute that. You don't put fun size on the tiny candy bar. You put it on the large one. What's so fun about oh, this man. tiny little thing? No, that's not fun. The big one is the fun size. So what they the completely got that back. And no, you just give me the big honking snicker bar and put fun size Ooh, on that. And, yeah. Cool. All right, Milky Way, Three Musketeers. What? What? No, What's your favorite, John? Um, What's your favorite candy bar, John? <laughs> I like, if we're going for regular Halloween candy bars, I'd have to do either Reese's. Shout out to Ryan Sprague there for that. Hey. <laughs> Sprague. Or, um, 
<laughs> or um <laughs> or uh Twix. Twix. All right, Twix are okay. <laughs> They're better than Kit Kats. So, I'll I'll give you a Don't ever I'll get give a Kit you a, Kat. No, we don't do Kit Kats. No. They come with wormy. Worms. Yeah, no, we don't do wormy Kit Kats. I'm sorry. But if I could have any candy bar, my favorite oh, favorite. Yes, okay. Mm hmm. Is a 70% dark chocolate with. Oh. 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 <laughs> I, I have some without blueberries in my freezer right now. I love oh. the 70%. Yes. But I like it when it's frozen and it's super hard and, and crunchy and. The goodness—it's just—it's very healthy for you. So nothing wrong with it. It's low in sugar and high in antioxidants. <laughs> That's which, right. You know, uh, you know white and chocolate is not chocolate. Yes, it's. There's it, a tidbit for you all to break your heart. You know, a white chocolate—that—that's <laughs> part of the underworld. That's where that belongs. You, you know. <laughs> Uh-huh. If you if you do bad in life and you get sent to, you know, the bad burning place, they'll probably just have white oh, chocolate God. there and you'll just be all bummed out. Be like, really? Okay. This is the white chocolate? Eh, no. I, I knew, okay, my mother had a chocolate allergy and so she would eat the white chocolate and she's like, oh, it's just oh. as good as it. No, it's not. It's terrible. <laughs> no. I'm sorry, but you lose on that one. Just, just give me the dark chocolate. And I was first yeah. introduced to the dark chocolate, thank yous, to Hershey's when they first came out with Hershey's Special Dark. I'm like, ooh, this is so much better. Well, then Dove jumped into that, and Dove said, yeah, but our dark chocolate's really good. And I'm like, yeah, this is really good. Now there's a whole bunch of dark chocolates out there, and I'm like, yum, yum. There was like it was one of it was a Christmas that one of our family members had brought over this like I don't know it was like a ninety something percent dark chocolate bar that but it was like a yeah really that's really bitter fancy right. type of a thing and so I ended like, up trying dark chocolate for the first time that like it's it's worse and. Uh, so yeah, that's going, too bitter. It, it is. And so going back, I mean, I think that about 80, 80 to 85 is about yeah. where I can still enjoy it at. Yeah. No, at 90, that's just baker's chocolate at that point. Yeah. And you'd have yeah. to add the cream and the sugar to it and just bake mm -hmm. with it. You can't just sit there and, no. It's they, fine to they, shave it and put it over yeah, ice cream or something. Yeah, there you go. That there you go. See, <laughs> now see, I'm not a big fan of the German chocolate. You know what I was not a fan of, and and I'm, you know, I'm half German. I mean, my mom was, she was pedigree German, but what I was not a fan of, which is really popular treat in Germany, was marzipan. Now it looks oh. delicious. It looks yeah. just so scrumptious and sweet and delicious, and then you take a bite of it, and it's just a mouthful of disappointment. It's like, <laughs> it's yeah, horrible. You know, just That's that coconut funny. type of goo. I was like, <laughs> no, I'm not, I no, this doesn't work for me. Thanks, Grandma. And you know, right. I was just like, yeah, it's nice table decoration, I suppose. When everybody's sitting around the table eating, and you look at these fancy little treats, but that's about all they're good for. Don't eat. There one. was a cookie. I'm gonna have to look it up now. There was a cookie that it's like a really like they're really expensive, and they come in all different kinds of colors. And I think it's a French cookie. It's got a top and a bottom and some kind of a filling. Um, <laughs> and I had always wanted. Um, to try one of these and so uh i did and it was so i was expecting the cookie to be soft this thing was mm -hmm. crunchy and i'm just mm -hmm. like 
seriously? <laughs> charge me this much money for this crap thing of Barca? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I'm going to yeah, have to look it up. Well, that'll be in the show notes, too. Macaroon? Thing, I think oh, macaroon. Yeah. No, no, macaroon. No, you're right. No. Macaroon's down, looks, people. Yeah, <laughs> that's a thumbs down. I will have to agree with you on that. It's just, it's toasted <laughs> yuckness. No. You know what's so funny? This is reminding me of a show my kids watched where it was like this challenge on YouTube from this channel that they like to watch. And it was trying foods of the world. And so, you know, they had this one thing from Australia and then this other thing from Germany and this other thing, you know. And it was so funny because then we ended up going into uh, World Market and they had Uh a bunch of those types of things there, the same ones that they had tried. Right, right, right. And they're like, we have to try it. And I'm going, oh, no. Um, like there was Vegemite. I will never try that. <laughs> I don't think I can yeah. ever myself to try that. Yeah, um, that no doesn't sound good. Yeah. No. So mm-hmm. everybody should should for fun make a comment on what is the most exotic thing that you have eaten, and yeah. what did you think? Yeah, I could tell you mine. Um, okay. Uh, my grandmother who took oh. on the Swedish tradition of Ludfisk. Now oh. Ludfisk, yeah, it's a white fish, but you soak <laughs> it in lye. And right. she would she made it the traditional way. She made it in the bathtub. Well first off, I'm not eating something that's coming out of the bathtub. It was horrible. But but she oh, served no. the Ludfisk and none of us had ever eaten it before and she had it, you know, and and she made it all the time for herself, but she wanted to share it with us. And when right. I say us, I'm speaking of, you know, my mom, my dad, and my brothers and myself. And she had the whole, you know, dining room table all beautiful and set. Oh. And here's this giant white fish, and she cut it up and served everybody. And we all took one bite of it and just... Oh, <laughs> oh God. Awful. It, wow. it clearly it's an acquired taste. And right. she ate it up. She she's like, Oh my goodness, this is one of the best ones I've ever made and I'm like Oh, this is that's sad. The best. I could oh, only no. imagine what the worst one was that you made would really be oh. awful. Oh man. But um Yeah, so cool. uh, here and another brief story was um my ex like I had said on a previous show, um, she's Italian. Mm-hmm. Her grandmother was Sicilian, and she was she's a pedigree Sicilian, and she came here from Sicily. And her favorite to serve was octopus, but we're oh, talking man. the entire octopus, the head, the tentacles, the oh, whole thing. And it was on the silver platter, and, you know, that big bulbous head is, you know, laying there and all the tentacles, and it just kind of looked like something out of H.P. Lovecraft's book, you know. It, it was the Kraken on a silver platter. Oh, God. And, and, you know, she's trying, She no, you eat, you eat, it's good, it's oh, good, you eat. And, and she, with her bare hands, uh, this oh, no, is no, no. no lie, with her oh, bare God. hands. She grabbed that bulbous head and just tore it off and just started slurping it. I was like, that's it. I'm out. I'm done. I'm out. I'm going down the street. I'm not even hungry, let alone wanting to eat something. So, yeah, put your comments below about what is the worst (laughs) nationality, traditional food you have ever eaten that you'll never eat again. There's two things right there. Yeah, you. One of them was sea urchin. And the only reason I didn't like it is because Mm -hmm. I felt like (laughs) this is so bad. I it was a texture thing. I felt like another tongue. (laughs) Oh, like I was chewing somebody else's 
Oh, yeah, and then it's so probably, oh. And so, yeah. <laughs> so I've never that tried food. it. Is it is that well, Asian sea urchin? It was at was a sushi it? restaurant. Yeah, well, okay, so I'd be Japanese, right? Okay. Yeah, Um, and then oh. the other thing, which I actually really liked, and I would eat it again, is barbecue frog legs. <laughs> Oh, I've done the frog legs, and, yeah, they're, mm-hmm. they're okay. Not bad. Well, I don't want to see the process, but, yeah, no, they're okay. <laughs> yeah. Can... Um, and then the fun one was jackalope. It was literally sold <laughs> as <a> jackalope. <sighs> and half of it, you know, it's a blend of antelope and rabbit. And oh, I just got a – wait, wait, wait. I just got a friend's cancellation notice from – Shannon LeGrow to Jennifer Ann for eating jackalope. Way to go, Jen. Yeah, <laughs> Shannon will not be your friend anymore for eating her jackalope. Way to go. Oh, I love it. I love it. No, it was delicious. <laughs> Seriously. Like, we cooked it up, and I got out the maple syrup, <laughs> and I just ate that up like breakfast sausage. It was great. Maple syrup on, on your... Okay. <laughs> Hey, don't be jealous. (laughs) I'm not. It's just all part of the witch's conversation. And if this is what a witch eats, this is what a witch (laughs) eats. So so be it. Yes. That's right. That's how that works. Uh, Okay. I'm sure I could come up with a few other things that are undesirable to eat. But those two (laughs) and, and, yeah, sea urchin. Hmm. I I yes. I've heard of that, you know, I know that there's traditional, you know, the puffer fish and so on and they kinda like to live on the edge of toxic animals and try to eat it and if it's not prepared properly, you yes. could possibly get sick if not die from the toxins, which you better trust mm-hmm. your chef, I guess. I don't, yes. I don't need to eat something like that. I mean, seriously, I, no, that's fine. I'll right. have something that I think is safe, and it's called a banana or an apple or something like that. That's, <laughs> that's right. That, that's that bananas. That, although, going with the apple, now no, you have the poison apple from the witch. Oh, right? yes. Hey, there we go. See, and you guys, we brought back sleep. around. Look at that. And, you know, <laughs> now you got Sleeping Beauty involved, and, you know, she... Mm-hmm. Which all goes back to Adam and Eve and the temptation to eat the apple. And so, you know, maybe the apple's a little bit more demonic than we're giving it credit for. I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, the real problem is apples, guys. Seriously. It probably is. Yeah, it probably is. (laughs) It's not women. And, and you know, they tell you since the apple seed itself, you shouldn't be eating it because it does contain cyanide. And, you know, eat enough enough apple seeds. I, oh, when you cut them in half, this is true. This is uh-huh. true. When you when when you well when, when you cut them, yes, I say you cut them in half, but you have to cut them from from the stem to the to the core, or is it from uh-huh. the middle? Yeah, you cut it, you lay it on its side, and cut it through the middle, and you get the pentagram. Hmm, the things that we eat. And all related back to the witch. That's right. Wow. How many more days till Halloween? Let's see. It's Tuesday night. Oh, we've got another week to go. We've got another week to go. Halloween, Lortober, Tuesday, Lortober 31st. Yes, we've got a special Halloween episode. We Mm -hmm. do. So you're going to have to come back for that for sure. It'll be interesting. It's been a really fun month. And then, you know, we're going to have a lot of fun on um, the Tuesday episode that we do for Halloween. That's going to be mm-hmm. fantastic. And mm-hmm. uh, it'll kind of, it'll be, you know, we'll have to do this again next year because I'll miss it. No, uh, we, well. yeah, we'll, we will do this next year. Um, for those yeah. of you that are interested, I put up a post on the Caravan Library of Lore Facebook group page and uh, of the Vampire Box, which can go to the first $50 patron, if you would like to be our patron. Mm-hmm. 
would be more than happy to send out this (laughs) special handcrafted Vendapire box. Um, And we'll have other boxes that will be coming up also. Um, Keeper of the Scrolls. Yes, you do need that protection. (laughs) Maybe I should come up with a witch box, too. I I haven't even thought of that one. Have a little... Yeah, well, we could have a little, you know, foldable broomstick in there and a couple other little cool little artifacts. A a witch help box. Yeah, there you go. We might even throw a kitchen witch in there just to bring you some charming good luck in the kitchen so that you don't set off the smoke alarm. How about it? You know, there's also an alphabet. There's like a, a glossary. That has like all the regular herb names and what they're called, like like the witch's herb name for it. Uh huh. So you could you could make that be part of the box where it's like, here's Eye of Newt and Dragon's Blood. And, right. You know? <laughs> Maybe I could come up with the original, you know, hallucinogenic witch's brew, and you can put it on the end oh, no. of your broomstick and, and insert it. So that you can fly like a witch on a broom. And I, you know, when I, when I was really researching this, I was like, okay, I read all the lay, and then I went to another page, mm-hmm, and it's telling me, yeah, just to verify. I went through five different resources, and they're all verifying <laughs> that same story. So it wasn't something that was just manufactured that somebody wanted to write about and say, hey, well, maybe it came about right. that. No, no, there is, you know, scripture from, you know, the medieval period that this is what people would do with the broomstick mm. handle because it was just the perfect tool to insert this hallucinogenic. I'm like, oh, boy. Much easier um, to just make a tea, guys. <laughs> Uh, you know, you would think so, but of course they were looking for the quick absorption into the bloodstream, and I guess That's they figured true. it out. I don't, I don't need to fly in a broomstick like that. Which made me wonder, well, what was Harry Potter doing that he was flying around on his broomstick? You know, what was he doing? I hope when... your kids have not come back to the episode. <laughs> yes, well, that's true. We Walk did disclaimer. You could wear earbuds or headphones and listen to this episode. But yes. either way, thank you, next, everybody. Next for... episode, we will keep it family friendly. Well, we'll try anyway. I don't know. We're going to be doing <laughs> Halloween stuff, so you know, it's our Halloween episode. We'll see. You know, if we can tell some scary Halloween stories. Ooh. That's right. Yeah. We'll have to do the Monster Mash as well. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, we'll do the Monster Mash. Why not? Thank you, everybody, for joining us in the Caravan, the Library of Lore. We will talk to you next Tuesday. And remember, what do we remember, Jen? Thanks, Shannon, for the nice shout-out on your Into yeah. the Fray Radio episode 107. We're only 100 episodes behind her, by the way, so we're we're catching up. We'll be there soon. Thank you, everybody. We will talk next Tuesday. Thank you.